0: Section 11 of Harper's Young People, Volume 1, Issue 15, February 10, 1880. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Betty B. Harper's Young People, Volume 1, Issue 15, February 10, 1880. Advertisements Harper's Young People. Harper's Young People will be issued every Tuesday and may be had at the following rates. Payable in advance, postage free. Single poppies, four cents. One subscription, one year, one dollar fifty cents. Five subscriptions, one year, $7. Subscriptions may begin with any number. When no time is specified, it will be understood that the subscriber desires to commence with the number issued after the receipt of order. Remittances should be made by post office money order or draft to avoid risk of loss. Advertising. The extent and character of the circulation of Harper's Young People will render it a first-class medium for advertising. A limited number of approved advertisements will be inserted on two inside pages at 75 cents per line. Address Harper and Brothers, Franklin Square, New York. A liberal offer for 1880 only. Harper's Young People and Harper's Weekly will be sent to any address for one year, commencing with the first number of Harper's Weekly for January 1880 on receipt of $5 for the two periodicals. Candy. Send one, two, three, or five dollars for a sample box by Express of the best candies in America, put up elegantly and strictly pure, refers to all Chicago. Address C.F. Gunther, confectioner, 78 Madison Street, Chicago. Wooden wedding presents, ready-made and to order. Scroll saws, designs, and wood. At Little Tool Store, 59 Fulton Street, New York City. Circulars free by mail. Six months for 10 cents on trial. Dupuis Monthly Miscellany, a large eight-page newspaper. Sample free, C.G. Dupuis, Syracuse, New York. Old books for young readers. Arabian Nights Entertainments, The Thousand and One Nights, or The Arabian Nights Entertainments, translated and arranged for family reading with explanatory notes by E. W. Lane. 600 illustrations by Harvey. Two volumes, Duodecimo, cloth, $3.50. Robinson Crusoe, The Life and Surprising Adventures of Robinson Crusoe, of York, Mariner, by Daniel Defoe. With a biographical account of Defoe, illustrated by Adams, complete edition, duodecimo, cloth, $1.50. The Swiss Family Robinson, The Swiss Family Robinson, or Adventures of a Father and Mother and Four Sons on a Desert Island, illustrated, two volumes, octodecimo, cloth, $1.50. The Swiss Family Robinson continued, being a sequel to the foregoing, two volumes, Octodecimo cloth $1.50. Sanford and Merton. The History of Sanford and Merton by Thomas Day. Octodecimo half bound $0.75. Published by Harper and Brothers New York. Sent by mail, postage prepaid to any part of the United States on receipt of the price. Mrs. Mortimer's Books for the Nursery. Lines Left Out. Lines Left Out or some of the histories left out in line upon line. The first part relates events in the times of the patriarchs and the judges, illustrated by Mrs. Elizabeth Mortimer, Sexto Decimo, Cloth, 75 Cents. The volume is an attractive juvenile book handsomely brought out, rendering scripture incidents into pleasant paraphrases. Northwestern Christian Advocate, Chicago. More about Jesus. More About Jesus, Illustrations and a Map, by Mrs. Elizabeth Mortimer Sexto Decimo Cloth Seventy-Five Cents It consists of a series of stories embracing the whole of the events in the life of our Blessed Lord, told in a plain simple style suited to the capacities of children of seven or eight years of age. But better still, all good children's books are good for adults, and this will be found equally useful to put into the hands of very ignorant grown-up people who may from this learn the story of man's redemption in an intelligent manner many of the lessons are illustrated with pictures of the places mentioned streaks of light streaks of light or 52 facts from the bible for 52 sundays of the year illustrated by mrs elizabeth mortimer sexto decimo cloth 75 cents this little work says the author has received the distinguished honor of being appointed to be one of the class books of the Samoan collegians and has been made to subserve the highest of all purposes, the preaching of the gospel. To that purpose, it is adapted when the hearers are untaught, untrained, and unreflecting. Each lesson can be understood by those who have no previous knowledge, and each is calculated to be the first address to one who has never before heard of God or his Christ. Reading Without Tears. Reading Without Tears, or A Pleasant Mode of Learning to Read, illustrated small quarto cloth by Mrs. Elizabeth Mortimer. Two parts, part one, forty nine cents, part two, sixty two cents, complete in one volume, one dollar three cents. An easy, simple, and pleasant book for the tiny scholars of the nursery room. It contains a picture for every word of spelling capable of pictorial explanation. The reading lessons have been carefully selected, being composed of the preceding spelling lessons, by which means, together with the picture meanings, the words are easily impressed on the memory of a very young child. Athenaeum, London Published by Harper & Brothers, New York Harper & Brothers will send any of the above works by mail, postage prepaid to any part of the United States, on receipt of the price. Du Chaillu's Stories of Adventure in Africa Stories of the Gorilla Country by Paul B. Du Chaillu Illustrated Duodecimo Cloth $1.50 It is a capital book for boys. The stories it contains are full of the kind of novelty, peril, and adventure which are so fascinating. Spectator London These stories are entertaining and are well told, and they are calculated to impart much knowledge of natural history, to youthful readers. Boston Traveler. Wild Life Under the Equator by Paul B. Duchaillieu. Illustrated duodecimo cloth one dollar fifty cents. The amount of enjoyment that was afforded to the children by the previous work of this author, Stories of the Gorilla Country, is beyond computation. We have read every word of wild life under the equator with the liveliest interest and satisfaction. No ingenious youth of twelve In the land, will find it more awfully jolly than did we. New York Evening Post. Lost in the Jungle by Paul B. Duchailu. Illustrated, duodecimo, cloth, $1.50. Full of adventures with savage men and wild beasts. Shows how these strange people live, what they eat and drink, how they build and what they worship. And will instruct as well as amuse. Boston Journal a whole granary of information dressed up in such a form as to make it nutritious for young minds, as well as attractive for youthful appetites. Philadelphia Ledger. My Apingi Kingdom. With Life in the Great Sahara and Sketches of the Chase of the Ostrich, Hyena, etc. by Paul B. Duchailu. Illustrated, Duodecimo, Cloth, $1.50. In this book, Mr. Duchailu, relates the story of his sojourn in a land, of which he was elected king by the kind-hearted and hospitable natives. We assure the reader that it is full of stirring incidents and exciting adventures. Many chapters are exceedingly humorous, and others are quite instructive. The chapter, for instance, on the habits of the white and tree ants, contains an interesting contribution to natural history. New York Herald The Country of the Dwarfs by Paul B. Duchailu Illustrated, duodecimo, cloth, one dollar fifty cents. Hail to thee, Paul, thou hero of single-handed combats with gorillas and every imaginable beast that ever howled through the deserts, from the elephant to the kangaroo. Thou unscathed survivor of a thousand and one vicissitudes by fire, field, and flood. Thou glowing historian of thine own superlatively glorious deeds. Thou writer of books that make the hairs of the children stand on every available end. Thou proud king of the Apingi savages of the equator. Hail, we say, Utica Herald. Published by Harper & Brothers, New York. Sent by mail, postage prepaid to any part of the United States on receipt of the price. Wiggles. Here are some of the answers to the wiggle published in number 10 of Harper's Young People. So many were sent in that it was impossible to publish them all. And so our artist selected those that he considered the best. Those that he used were sent in by J.R.S., J.B.G., M.E., Jones, Paul, D.C. Gilmore, H&B, and Burt W.S., several of whom sent a number of different figures. Others, and some of them very good, were sent in by W.B.B., B., Ethel M., S.A.W., Jr., John Petal, C.F., Nettie S.H., Willie H.S., Mabel M., E.H.S., Hetty, M. Ward, Philip M., Aminio E.A., Willie H., H.W.P., J.L., Mary P., Archie H.L., C.B.F., R.S.M., W.A. Burr, Percy B.M., Paul B.T., ES, CFC, Gracie C., Eva M., and Anita R.N. Figure number eight is what our artist made of the wiggle, and figure number nine is a new wiggle in two parts, which must be combined in one drawing, though they must retain their relative positions. The Long-Eared Bat A long-eared bat went to buy a hat, said the hatter, I've none that will do, unless with the shears I shorten your ears, which might be unpleasant to you. The long-eared bat was so mad at that, He flew over lands and seas, till in Paris, renowned for its fashions, he found a hat that he wore with great ease. Another Sagacious Dog In number 11 of Harper's Young People, a story was told of a sagacious newspaper dog. Having read this, a Western editor sends the following story of his dog, in which he says, My dog is a beautiful Gordon Setter, and has been so well-trained, that while the carrier is delivering papers on one side of the street, Bob the dog delivers on the other. He receives his papers folded, half a dozen at a time, and going to the first place, lays the whole bundle down, and then picks it up, all but one, and so on, till they are all gone. End of Section 11 End of Harper's Young People, Volume 1, Issue 15, February Tenth, 1880